0: Praise the Lord. A wonderful time, first youth service, like Dennis already said, and uh, there's something exciting about starting the new year, right? Are you excited about something? Something new is coming, right? And uh, this is actually scriptural. I will prove that from the scriptures but I just want to say that we're so blessed, brothers and sisters, to be in a well-lit, a nice, comfortable building and in the environment where we can worship Jesus. Yes, it's great that we have leaders, sisters, brothers, or senior pastor. This is all great. But Jesus is above all. He is the one who is the center of everything. His presence is already here. He is with us. I always remind myself that I need to open my heart. There are places in the Bible where say that I need to respond. He is here. He wants that fellowship with me, but I just need to be responsive. And so I want to preach God's Word, and then we will also have special uh, prayers. And uh, even though I just... Remember, Dennis prayed that nothing special. Yeah, we have something special. <laughs> and Jesus is special, but that's later. Um, the sermon that I'm going to preach is in the Philippians. And I'll read different passages, but please open your Bibles. Oh, I so love that, uh, Russell, that, those, those, uh, that noise when you open your Bibles. So open your Bibles. Thank you. Some cell phones start making noises. Okay, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, let's read together. I'll be reading from verse 13. And the topic of my sermon is reaching forward to what lies ahead. Reaching forward to what lies ahead. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, But one thing I do, okay, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. First thing that Apostle Paul says that I'm pressing on, I'm reaching forward. When I think about this. Uh, a quick illustration pops up in my head, and I remember our bike rides with my son. Sorry, I have to bring this example again. I'm so proud of my son. <laughs> so we, we were training a little with uh, my 10-year-old son, Nikita, and uh, I remember times when we were like making three, five miles at a time. And he was tired. And I was tired too, honestly. And then one day we reached our goal, 20 miles. right? And we were celebrating at the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and um, then we reached another milestone. It was 30 miles and then 40 miles. And then finally we set the goal. We wanted to travel from Tacoma to Pulsbo here in, in Washington, if you know the place, Bremerton, Silverdale, and then Poulsbo. I didn't know that route, but turns out that there's this hill, pretty steep hill, and it's uh, almost 500 feet um, elevation. So it's at the end of the route, and we were traveling for like seven hours. We were riding our bikes, and then we have these special helmets where we have the walkie-talkies or radios. And, and we are talking with each other, and all of a sudden he starts like saying things like, "Dad, the paddles are not spinning" or something like that. And I'm like, "Press them on, <laughs> press on." And then I help him and I push him, and we finally we climb. Total elevation that we actually covered was almost thirty—not uh, thirty, three thousand feet. But at the end if you know that route, at the end right between Silverdale and Poolsboth there's a hill downhill and uh, we were like uh, around 9 p.m. it's in the summer so it's still kind of you can see the road and we start just just gliding down that hill it's such a joy it's such a relief at the end you know before we got to the hotel but i remember that moment when we were Ready to give up. My wife called us and she's like, okay, I'm renting you a hotel in a different place. No, we can do it. We can reach that goal. Apostle Paul says, I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. What was he talking about? What was he uh, writing about? When we read the context, we see verses 14, 15, 16. He says, I press on. ...toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many are, as are perfect, have this attitude. And if, if anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. He speaks about attitude, first of all. He says, we are trying to reach forward, we are pressing on to reach the goal... In Jesus Christ. And we'll talk more about that later. But you have certain attitude. You have certain thinking. Your mindset. That has to change. If we look in the Bible. In Ecclesiastes. One of the wisest people. uh, On the earth. um, Solomon. King Solomon. in, In Ecclesiastes. He writes in chapter 7 verse 10. He says. Do not say. Why is it that the former days were better than these? For it's not from wisdom that you ask about this. So look at this attitude. He says, do not ask questions like why the first grade was better than the second. Or school life was easier than the college life. Or when I was single... It was more freedom than when I got married. Because when you ask those questions or make statements like that, it's not because of the wise heart that you have. It's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong kind of attitude that you need to get rid of. I fall in the same trap, brothers and sisters. I'm not perfect, Apostle Paul says, Uh, in philippians that i'm not perfect not that i've reached it but occasionally i have this feeling of uh, russian word nostalgia right nostalgia right when i think oh certain things were better at my times in ukraine certain things were better before covid certain things were better In the church, sometimes people think that leader was better, that pastor was better, that time was better. Kids do that, adults do that. We all tend to think about old good times, sing old good songs. But the Bible says that if we do that, we miss something. We miss those things that God prepared for us. They lie ahead. We need to reach them. We need to forget about things that are in the past. And I'm not talking only about sinful life. Yes, we forget about that because sometimes that holds us uh, in, in place and we cannot move forward. But I'm talking also about good things. Good things that we accomplished in life. Good things that we received from God. If we dwell in the past, we're missing what lies ahead. And when Jesus was on this earth, there was one situation, one place in the same Gospel of John. It talks about Nathanael. And I'm not going to read this whole thing. But basically, Nathanael was called by Jesus, um, by Philip actually, invited by Philip, and then by Jesus. And when Jesus told him something personal he said, oh, you're God. I see that you're God. And Jesus said, don't dwell on this. Don't live in the present. This is not all. You will see things much greater. You will see angels descending and ascending back into heaven. And I believe in my life I want to live like that. I want to see angels. How many of you have seen Angels. Not don't be afraid. Not, I don't mean like you saw her and she's like an angel. Okay, not in that context. I, I'm talking about real, real angels. Of course, we might not see angels, but we will see those things that God prepared for us if we are reaching forward. The only thing that we need to remember is how Jesus changed my life. Yes apostle Paul says that I remember I'm the first sinner that was redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes I remember my past but only in that context. But then I don't dwell in it. I move forward. I press on because in 2023 I know that God prepared more blessings, more grace, more forgiveness. More of this good stuff that he has in store for me—he prepared more than it was in 2022 or 21 or whenever or in 2000. God has much more for us if we do not stop if we move on. And uh, he says in of this same uh, passage, Philippians 3:14, he says. Actually, uh, 15, he says, let us, therefore, as many as are perfect have this attitude. I looked this uh, word up, and even here in the footnotes of my translation in ASB it says, uh, perfect in the sense of mature. Of course, we're not perfect, because sometimes people say, well, I'm not perfect, so I don't have this attitude. No. He says, as long or as many as are mature. Who wants to be mature? Who wants to be immature? Raise your hand. Who wants to be immature? Hi. Okay. So you're following, right? You're with me. If you want to be mature, Apostle Paul says you need to have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude and you think it's hard and your lifestyle shows that it's different, you can't do it. He says, no, God will reveal that also to you. But, verse 16, 16, at least let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. God revealed something for you. He revealed, uh, at least He revealed that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Amen? Amen? At least He revealed that He saved you not because of your righteous works, but because of His righteousness. Amen? Now, if you have that, attained that standard, that's great. You can start from there, but don't stop. Don't stop. Move on. If we read the whole context of this chapter, he talks about what exactly he wants to uh, reach. And in verse ten, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We're getting closer to the communion this Sunday. This is what we remember. Apostle Paul says, I want to understand the depth of it. There is grace, there is power in that revelation. How Jesus Christ died for me before I even turned to him. And then he says, I want to be conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Our final goal where we are reaching forward the resurrection from the dead. None of us have attained or reached that goal yet. He said, he said, do not stop. What I want you to understand, we should not stop. We should move on. We should look for the depth of God's revelation in our life, for the depth in our fellowship and relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says, who has this attitude, he has good attitude, he is mature." One of the examples from Jesus' life is in John chapter 6. And I'll read conversation that Jesus had with the crowd. Not necessarily his disciples. And uh, Jews, his, um, his nation, Jesus' nation, he came to the Jews. The Jews came to Jesus and they asked him some really... Uh, i wouldn 't say tricky questions, but practical questions. They asked him about miracles. They said, "If you do a miracle we 'll believe in you." And hear what Jesus says, verse uh, in John chapter six, verse 41. Therefore, the Jews were grumbling about him because he said, "I am the bread that came down out of heaven." So Jesus tells them, "No miracles." I'm going to tell you something that will help you in life. And this is the, the, the revelation. I'm the bread. And then I'm skipping to verse 7. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. So he mentions that same uh, request that they made manna in the wilderness because previously they say uh, they ask him what shall we uh, no no just a second uh, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you what work do you perform our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written he gave them bread out of heaven to eat so watch this the jews are remembering the past right And they are thinking about the past and they are telling him, hey, our fathers, those who were in the wilderness, they ate angel's bread. This was so good. Can you give us something like that? And we know the story. We know that those who ate this angel's bread, they also were grumbling and they were saying, we hate it. This is such a, we we want some onions, we want some fish, right? Am I talking... Okay, so they remembered, you know, they were thinking about the past. And Jesus said, that's the wrong attitude. Don't think like that. You don't need the manna because you will die. Yes, manna was better than the onion and garlic. But I will give you something that is better than manna. I am the bread of life. I have the eternal life. Verse 51 says... I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And this is something that I want to um, talk in a few minutes uh, and and just, just kind of point out to this as our goal. Because... No matter what kind of goals we set for this year for our life, if we do not have Jesus in the center of our life, in the same way as Israelites died, as other people die, we will also die. If not physically, unfortunately, spiritually, we'll die. And then when you talk with um, those who are um, 40, 50, 60 years old, not that they are very old, but I'm just saying those people who have experience in life and they look back. And sometimes they look around and they say, oh, look at that marriage. Uh, you know, it's falling apart. It's so bad. It's not working or, or something like that. Or this guy is not successful or this guy ended up so bad and, and so on. There was time for every person to make a decision. And some people, when they were young, they set the goal. They made a decision to put Jesus in the center of their lives. Those people who made this decision, they do not regret now. They have God's blessing. It's not that their life is perfect and they don't have hardships, but they have that bread of life that is feeding them Constantly. So what I want you to pay attention to, here the, here's the secret to your life. Here's something that will help you. If you put Jesus in your heart, in the center of your heart, and that means that you will think about him. You will eat him as the bread. Let's think about this illustration or this um, illustration, what Jesus was talking about. He said, I'm the bread of life. You need the bread and that bread is outside of you. That means that life is here. You need to get it. And that's something that I've repeated so many times in my sermons. But there is no source of life in us. There is no source of life in another person. No matter how spiritual they are. They do not have that source of life. You might think that, like you have energy, right? And it feels because it's deceptive. Your emotions may tell you like, oh, yeah, you can do it. You can do it if you press on. Not on your own. If you have Jesus as your bread, that's your source of life. And Jesus himself said in the same chapter, he said, verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I'm in him. And now, re- re- listen carefully. As the living Father sent me, and I, Jesus, live because of the Father. Okay? Jesus said, I live because of the Father. He is God. But here he says, as speaks as a man, Jesus Christ says, and we know that he Spent hours and days and I think uh, without ceasing, without stopping, he was praying. He had the connection with God. He said, that's my source of life. In the same way, you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And not only the communion, that's just a reminder for us. In reality, what happens is that we spiritually, we are connected with him. When we think about his suffering, when we, we understand that he died for us on the cross that's like bread of life for us and like blood in our bodies that gives us life. And so he says that if you want to live you need to eat that bread that is outside of you but you need to get it inside of you. So that's number 1. There's no source of life out uh, in in you. It's outside. It's in Jesus Christ. Number 2, the quality of your spiritual life is found in. Okay, some of you are whispering. Spiritual digestion. You cannot just take a bite. Well, you can take. But that's not going to be last for you for, for too long. In order to have a quality spiritual life you need to have that spiritual digestion the bible formulates that thought in different ways it's meditation it's our fellowship in the holy spirit with god it's our prayer no matter what you call but that's digesting it's like food being digested it soaked in in our different parts of our bodies in each cell of our body in the same way spiritually we cannot just live by one sermon on sunday it's just impossible or on tuesday or a podcast a couple of times a week we need to digest our quality of life spiritual strength power is exponentially increased when we spend time and more time with Jesus. Can we say amen? This is what God says. This is what he says. He who eats my flesh. It's not just you received it once daily. Maybe it's similar to how the fathers ate manna in the wilderness. He says he who eats my flesh and my blood, drinks my blood will have eternal life. And abide in me and I'll in him. Number three. What I want you to to remember from this passage is that this bread is always available. Sometimes we cannot get things in our life and we, we just don't have them. I remember when COVID hit, sanitizers were like really expensive, right? Or masks or whatever. Yeah, masks. I remember we bought masks for... Uh, teachers $18 per mask (laughs) okay but the bread of life is always available can we say praise God Jesus is always there he is the source of our life he is the quality of our spiritual life of our strength and he is always available praise God and so Apostle Paul says I'm forgetting the past, and he had a lot of things, good stuff in the past. He had so many achievements. He was one of the top leaders in his nation and in a good sense. He was righteous and just and Pharisees, from Pharisees. He even knew his tribe, even though most of the Israelites didn't know at that time after the captivity. He knew, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I know all things from the past but he says I consider them as a trash I'm looking forward I want to spend more time with Jesus because I know that this is the best investment in my life and those of you who want to make that decision tonight we will be praying and uh, I'm not just preaching just to kind of encourage you and lift up your spirit so that you have positive mood and uh, you know be encouraged to live 2023 20, and reach to whatever goals you have. No, I want to preach the gospel. So I want to remind that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He died for you and for me. He is that bread of life. His blood is not just something that was given to us for free and we don't understand the depth and, and meaning and price of it. It's, it's a high, the highest price. And if you don't accept it today, you are heading to hell. You're heading to the hell, and you don't know how much you will spend, uh, how many days you will spend on this earth. You think you're young, but who told you that you're not going to get cancer or you're not going to get hit by a car and die? Who told me that this is not my th- last sermon? Who told us? We don't know. We don't know. Very often we think that older person is going to die soon. Okay? You don't know. So many older people they lived and lived. Eventually we'll all die, yes. But we don't know. And so we need to be really careful on how we take this word of God and what we do with it. And my challenge for you if you don't know Jesus personally, we'll be praying, don't hesitate come to the front, we'll be praying with you because this is the most important thing in our services in 2023. I wish that our youth services would double with people who are truly saved and know Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's, the, that, that's one of the best things that we could see in this church with our pastors, with our youth. And so if anyone would like to even now stand up and just come forward, we'll pray with you. We'll pray for you because this is, this is the most important decision. Is anybody willing to give their lives to Jesus? You can do it right now. If you know God and if you know him personally, like I do, I understand that most of us, we know him. I want to challenge you as well. I want to remind that in 2023, we need to pray harder. We need to work harder for him we need to spend more time with jesus because we're heading to the goal to the prize that is higher than anything else in this world amen let's all stand up let's stand up and pray